Thank you, Brother Phil. That, uh, I always love it when Brother Phil sings. And uh, All right. Well, I am glad to be here tonight. I hope you are, too. And uh, we'll just get right into it. And so uh, I'm very grateful, very excited to be here, thankful to our pastor uh, for allowing me to speak in his place. Uh, I'm sure most of you guys know me, and uh, Brother Wally kind of introduced me again, but uh, my name is Max. Uh, I got saved when I was around 17 years old. Uh, the Lord led me to this church through basketball and softball in around 2017, and then I was baptized in January of 18, and uh, since then have been sincerely trying uh, to do what God's asked me to since then. Um, now, uh, I'm the bus director for our bus ministry. I teach 56 Children's Church, like he said, uh, and I lead the Vacation Bible School site here, here at church. And uh, I don't know about you and your life, but uh, I really had no idea uh, what the Lord was going to have for me these past five years. But uh, I can say that uh, everything he's had for me has been uh, wonderful, far better than what I ever could have imagined. Uh, and so, I mean... A couple years ago when I first taught, I mean, I never would have thought I would have ever stood up here uh, and taught people, never would have thought I would have been the kind of person to speak in a crowd, uh, let alone preach the Bible. And so very excited uh, to share tonight what the Lord's put on my heart for everyone. And uh, it's interesting uh, what the Lord's put on my heart because uh, if you were here Sunday night, you kind of are going to hear a similar message. It's going to be different, but uh, we're actually using the same exact text that Brother Josh used. Uh, Sunday night. And so uh, if you were here last Sunday night, the Lord has given you an opportunity to test yourself. Did you really listen to what he preached? Did you really apply it to your life on Monday and Tuesday and today? Or did you already forget what he taught about? Do you even remember? Uh, well, so tonight we're going to test that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brother Josh, he focused on uh, a different aspect of the, of, uh, the text, but what, what I'm going to be teaching on tonight. But still, makes you think, uh, you know, our, our God is an eternal God, and uh, the Bible is an eternal book. It's going to last forever, and it's been complete for the last 2,000 years, and over the course of the last 2,000 years, uh, every day or every week, uh, for sure every week, um, but I would, you know, venture to say at least every day, someone was creating a message, someone was preaching a message uh, on this Bible, this same Bible that we have, and for 2,000 years, we haven't run out of messages to preach. We haven't run out of lessons to teach. And so tonight, we're going to hear another lesson from the same exact text, uh, but we're going to get pull a little bit something different out of it. Uh, not going to be something brand new, not going to be something crazy that I made up. It's going to be still the Bible. It's still going to be God's Word, uh, but a different, little bit different application. So um, I don't know uh, what your family likes to do in the evenings. Um, you know, maybe you guys like to go on a walk, you know, a nice walk, at least when it's not 90 degrees out and crazy humid. Uh, you know, maybe you guys, you know, gather up at the dinner table and play a board game every night or something like that. Uh, uh, maybe you guys like to wind down with a nice TV show before you go to bed. Uh, for my house, uh, it, you know, and really it's just me and Alicia, you guys, that's, that's all our house is right now. Um, but uh, for my house, we tend to uh, just watch a, a quick YouTube video on some weird theory on a video game or a show we like, or uh, we'll watch uh, a sh just a regular show, or we'll uh, play a video game to, to kind of wind down the day. And um, lately, we've been watching a show that I never saw growing up, uh, but have really come to enjoy a lot. And uh, we've been watching Storm Chasers. And uh, it's been exciting. I don't know if anyone here has ever seen Storm Chasers, but uh, it's a pretty crazy show. Uh, basically, it's about tornadoes and the people that, that go and chase those tornadoes, uh, you know, Storm Chasers. And so it kind of makes sense. 
Uh, but basically, in the show, I mean, you're, you're watching monster tornadoes, wreck towns, wreck houses, uh, or just, you know, go right in open fields. And it, I mean, it's crazy. It's awesome seeing just the, the power uh, of the storm, uh, jaw-dropping. But uh, the other part of the show that makes it uh, really interesting is the people that it follows. Uh, like the, the name implies, the storm chasers themselves are the subjects of the show. Uh, they have a couple of different teams and uh, some that are just, I mean, some that are fun to watch, some that are boring and annoying. But, um, they, I mean, basically, uh, the main characters of the show, they're meteorologists uh, who chase the storms in hopes of, uh, to, or hope, hoping to record amazing video uh, of the storms happening and groundbreaking data uh, on, you know, the wind speed, all that kind of stuff. And these teams of researchers, they, they chase the storms, uh, one, because they're awesome. I mean, imagine you're in an armored car and you can just drive right into a tornado. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't want to do that. That sounds crazy awesome. Uh, I mean, you're not going to die. You're in, a, you're in an armored car and just, I mean, a, I don't know. I've never been close to one. And so being able to be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so they want, they want to record them because they're awesome. And they want to gain the valuable data to aid in the advancement of early warning detection systems, basically to decrease the amount of time from when a storm is forming. You know, you see that wall cloud. You see the funnel starting to come when it's forming and when it's, uh, and when the sirens in the town are going off, they they want to they want to decrease the amount of time that it takes from maybe the increase I don't know whatever you know what I'm saying they want to make it longer to where a storm's not on the ground and the and earlier you get it right <laughs> and so it wants they want they want the sirens to go off earlier is basically what what they're trying to do uh, and so they they want to save lives along with uh, witness witnessing the mighty power of God in a storm. And that's why they chase. Uh, they want to warn people of the danger that's coming. And uh, they want to make sure as many people as possible will take shelter and survive the storm. And uh, that made me think of something in the Bible. If you're here Sunday night, maybe it's making you think of something too. Uh, did you know that God has commanded someone to be on the lookout? Just like these storm chasers, they watch and wait uh, and, and to warn people uh, of the danger that's coming God has commanded us to watch and warn about a different danger that's coming. And so the Lord ha has commanded that these people, these watchmen, they watch out and warn people about the danger of hell, of disobeying a holy God. And so go with me to Ezekiel chapter 33. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, there's going to be one in front of you with a hard black cover, and that's on page 634. And so I'd encourage everyone who can to grab a Bible, follow along in God's Word, uh, so you're not just having to listen to me, you can read along as well. And so page 634, if you get, you're having a black one, if you're, I mean, I don't know if you've got a different kind besides the Schofield, so. All right, so what does the Lord say about being on the lookout, about watching for the danger ahead? So we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 33, starting in verse 1. The Bible says, again, the word of the Lord came unto me, and that me, that's Ezekiel's talking, saying, so this is God saying it, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, when I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. 
but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus she speaks, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? All right, so uh, we see here that God has commanded a watchman be set forth. God has commanded in our text Ezekiel to be a watchman for the nation of Israel. And uh, what was Ezekiel to watch out for? Uh, God told him to tell the people that the wicked would die. And uh, that was God's decree. And it's been the same for all of human history. God has commanded that he said that the wicked will die. And just a few chapters before this, God already made it clear. In Ezekiel 18.4, God said, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. He makes it clear. Who gave you life? Who, who keeps your heart beating? Right? It's God. And he owns you. He created you. He has the right to make the rules. God said, hey, you break my rules, well, there's a punishment. And God chose that punishment for rule breaking to be death. And not just a physical death, but a spiritual death as well. And if you die, and let's say somehow miraculously, you only told one lie your entire life. Somehow, only told one lie your entire life, you've still fallen short of a holy God. You still have wickedness that must be paid for. The Bible makes it clear that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. All. And no good that you could ever do would take away a single sin. Even if you only lied one time, and then the rest of your life you spent all your time and your money, and you were volunteering at a youth center, and you were giving money to the poor, and you were giving water bottles to people who were thirsty, right? Uh, even if you did all that, all these good and right things, what does God have to say about it? Does God say that's going to help your case? Well, look down at the first part of verse 12 in Ezekiel 33. Verse 12, it says, and this is still God talking, he says, Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Doesn't matter how much good you do. Doesn't matter how kind you are, how much of a good person you are. In God's sight, there ain't none good but God. God will never look at all the good things of your life and say, oh, you let that many old ladies across the street? Come on in, dude. Come into my place where where there's no sin and there's no pain and there's no death. Man, all that good you did, that'll pay for it. No, he does not do that. It takes perfect righteousness. We must be holy 
well, without sin, perfect and complete in order to go to heaven. And we can't do that on our own. God's watchman was commanded to speak. What was his message again? Look at verse 11. God says, say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Ezekiel's message was that God did not want anyone to go to hell. God has absolutely no pleasure when someone dies in their sins and goes to hell. No pleasure. For some strange reason, some people think that God is happy sending people to hell. He doesn't care. Ah, whatever. Oh, sure, send them on there. For some strange reason, God, people think that God enjoys when a wicked person dies in their sins and has to spend an eternity in a place of fire and torment with no relief and no chance of escape. They think he's happy about that. Uh, those kinds of people that think that, uh, they don't know who the real God of the Bible is. I mean, can't you hear God's plea right here? Can't you hear him, I mean, I mean, his pain, his anguish of the thought of sending one sinner to hell? I mean, he says, turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die? You know that the, the question that God poses right here, for why will ye die? That's a good one. Uh, because it implies that God's made a way to escape. Uh, he, he's made a way to escape death and hell. And Ezekiel was commanded to speak. He, he must be a faithful watchman. But a faithful watchman doesn't just tell you the first half of the message. Uh, he, he warns you of the danger, yes. But he also warns you of how to escape it. How can you escape the danger? Those storm chasers, uh, you know, they don't, they don't just call in a 911 when they see a tornado on the ground. They're like, hey, a tornado's on the ground. Good luck. And they hang. They don't do that. Right? They tell them, hey, it's heading northwest, headed towards this town. Uh, it's a massive, dangerous tornado. Look out, send those, turn those sirens on. Right? They, they tell them how, uh, what direction it's heading. They tell them about it. God's watchmen are supposed to do the same thing. Tell them about the danger and tell them how to escape. And what's this way to escape God's wrath? How, how can anyone uh, escape? Uh, an omnipresent, all-powerful God, how can you escape his wrath? If God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, what has he done to make the wicked righteous? God gave the answer. He came himself. He lived uh, a perfect life. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is God himself. He lived a perfect life. Took a, suffered a terrible death, died on the cross in your place, and rose again from the dead. He paid the price that God commanded for sin. And now, because he's alive, he, he offers a free gift of living forever, eternal life, if you'd humble yourself and you'd put your faith and trust in him. That's to any person. doesn't matter who you are. Any person can choose to put their faith in Jesus alone and be saved. That's a promise. This is the message of the watchman. This is the message of every true watchman. Uh, I'm sure most of you guys have probably heard of the Apostle Paul, right? You probably think he was someone who we could classify as a true watchman of God, I would say, right? So turn with me to Acts chapter 20, and uh, we're going to see from the mouth of the Apostle himself, uh, was he a watchman? What did he say? What did he do? Uh, and so Acts chapter 20, if you're in uh, the black uh, hardcover Bible, it's 821, page 821. And so Acts 
chapter 20, what did Paul say? What, did, what, what do you think his message were? Well, we're going to start in verse 18 of Acts chapter 20. And the Bible says, and when they were come to him, and so that's the, the elders of the church of Ephesus, when they were come to Paul, uh, he said unto them, so this is Paul talking, ye know from the first day that I came unto you, or that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Here it is. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. The message of every watchman is this. Turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. This simple message is one that God has been sending out for all of history. Turn from your wicked ways and turn to Christ. He's the only way you can have forgiveness. He's the only way to God. You must repent of your sin, turn from your sin, and believe in Jesus. Have you ever done that? The question, have you ever done that? Have you ever personally humbled yourself before God, confessed your sin, and asked Jesus to save you? If you haven't, if you're not sure, if you've never done that, I plead with you tonight, turn to Jesus. He's the only way you'll be able to escape the fire of hell. Hell is real. It's not some made-up place that old men created. No, hell is real. And anyone who dies in their sins is on their way. It's only through Jesus that you can be saved. No good works. Only simple faith in Christ. Doesn't take fancy words to ask Jesus to save you. Doesn't take knowing everything about the Bible. It takes faith. Faith like a little child to say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Turn to Jesus, please. And so, this evening, did you know that God has called you to be a watchman? This job was not for Ezekiel alone. Did you know that God has commanded, if you're saved, you personally to go and tell other people about the danger coming. Jesus has commanded us to spread the message of salvation. If you want some examples, how about in Mark 16, 15, where Jesus says, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Is that not good enough for you? Okay, how about Matthew 28 and verse 19, where Jesus again commands his disciples to go ye. Tells them to go. Or maybe, how about this, in Luke 24, 46 and 47, says, and said unto them as Jesus, he says, thus it is written, thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. The command is clear. Jesus has commanded every one of his disciples to be a watchman, to warn those around them of the danger that's coming. Do you do that? Do, do you ever do that? Have you ever tried to warn your family about the danger coming? You should. Why haven't you? Have you ever tried to warn your coworkers about the danger that's coming? You should. Why haven't you? Why have you been too scared to act? Too scared of what might happen if you are kind and loving and not just live like a Christian but speak like one? Why have you been too scared? 
Why have you been scared to speak? God has given the command. We're required to fulfill the call. And remember, our job as a watchman is to warn and show people that a danger is coming and there is a way to escape it. Listen, but our command to speak doesn't mean they're always going to listen. Now, you guys know me. Well, you know, if you go here, you, you know me. Uh, you know what I ask for prayer about every week. Just because they haven't listened to the warning yet, they haven't listened to the message, does that mean I should stop asking for the message to sink in? Should I stop and just give up at the first sign of resistance? Should you? I'm not saying we gotta, we got to shove it down their throat, but is there no time for prayer? I mean, Brother Josh talked about watch, look out, warn, and pray. I mean, do you ever spend time in prayer for those who, who are living wrong? Let's say they're not saved. Let's say they're, they're doing things that are going to lead them down a bad road. Hey, you're commanded to watch out. Do, do you warn them and then do you pray for them that that message from God would sink in, that God would break up their hard heart, that they listen? Do you? I, I don't know. Is there no time to simply spend with them, show them through your life, that there is peace and joy unlike anything else when you're faithful to Christ. God hasn't only commanded the prophets in Ezekiel's time. He hasn't only commanded the preachers today. God has commanded every believer to go and share what he's done for them in the circle of their life. Pastor can't talk to everyone we know. I, I mean, year, I've, been, I've been wishing Brother Wally would just live with me so that he could just talk to my whole family, everyone that I know, I, I, he's way better at than me, right? but he can't do it. He can't talk to everyone that I know. Amen. Everyone you know is not going to come to church. God has set each and every one of us for this time, for our family, for our friends, to be a watchman, to warn them of the danger of hell, to warn them of the wrath of God that's abiding on them as they continue to reject Christ, to warn them that the path you're going down, sir, it's not going to lead you right. It's not going to lead your marriage good. It's not going to help your kids in the end. Whatever the message is, we know the truth. We know what the message is, and yet we refuse to speak. God has commanded you to be a watchman. Will you answer his call? Will you be the watchman that he needs you to be? Why not? What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid to live sold out for Christ? Why are you afraid to give yourself wholly over to the cause of Christ? Why are you afraid to come to church more? Why are you afraid to come back on Sunday night? Why do we love our sin? Why do I desperately cling to my own wicked sin when I know it's wrong? Why? Why can't we just be the watchman? Why can't we be who God's asked us, commanded us to be? God's question back in Ezekiel was an easy one. Why will you die? Why? For what for? What for? What are you going to die for? Why are you going to die and go to hell? What's so important to you that you're going to cling on to that sin? Say, ah, I'd rather go to hell than forsake it and, and ask Jesus to save me. Why? Why will you die? You don't have to. God's made a way. He's paid the price. Jesus has paid it all. Why will you die? Why will we? Why, for, for if you're saved, why? 
Why will you continue in sin? Why would you keep going the way you are, not living uh, with, the, with the power of God in your life, not living with the fullness of the Spirit, not living with the fruit of the Spirit? Why? If you're a teenager, why not? You can do it. If you're young, if you're old, you can do it. If you're saved, God's given you the power. Why? Why would you not turn from your wicked ways too? We need to turn from our wicked ways. I'm saved and I need to turn from my wicked ways. I need to to turn to Jesus. Wicked complacency, pride, laziness, selfishness. You need to turn from that. Choose. Make the choice to be the watchman God's commanded you be. God has set you a watchman for those in the circle of your life. We must turn from our wicked ways so that they can live. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Uh, Pretty common story, I'd say. Uh, But essentially, if you haven't, for some reason, uh, haven't heard of this boy, uh, basically, he would shout, warn uh, to this town that a danger was coming. Uh, Hey, there's a wolf coming. It's going to eat you. Better watch out. Uh, And then every time, there's no wolf. Uh, One day, wolf actually came to his village. Boy saw it, ran back, said, hey, uh, Guys, a wolf is coming. I'm telling you, he's coming. He's going to eat you. Uh, And no one listened. No one believed because of the terrible way that he lived his life. This time, his message was true. But no one listened to the warning. How many Christians in this church house tonight are living like the boy who cried wolf? How many of us say, oh, hey, I'm a Christian. Jesus is the only way. But... Yeah, we live like, like there's no real danger. Like there's no real danger of the people around us going to hell. Like there's no real danger of the consequences of living in sin if you're a child of God. But there's consequences. Why do why, We live in wicked selfishness and pride and sin. And when that moment comes, that time when we really needed to be the watchman, God commanded us to be. When it was, it, we really ought to be the watchman. Oh, this is a perfect time. No one listens to our message. Our words won't matter. No one will believe us. Listen, I, I don't want to be someone that acts one way in my house and then different in the house of God. I, I don't want to be the coworker that's always angry and flying off the handle and then come to God's house and pretend I got it all together. Hey, no, I'm, I'm easy. I'm relaxed. No, don't worry about me. I, I don't want to do that. Part of being a faithful watchman is living like a faithful watchman. Your private life ought to be as close as it possibly can to your public life. And your private life ought to be, your secret life ought to be as close as it possibly can to your public life. We have a public life. People, right now, I'm I'm in public. You see me. You only see this part of me. And I'm in private with my wife or my close family. They see a, a closer side of me, a part that you don't see. And then there's a secret life that I have. A secret life that no one sees but me and God. And I don't want to be a Christian in public and a sinner, a wicked, unrepentant sinner in private. Yeah. Our life ought to be as close to our, our secret life ought to be as close to the good, godly public life as we can possibly make. Do you say you're a Christian, but you refuse to live like a Christian? Do you go out partying and acting a fool? Living a filthy life on Monday through Saturday. Oh, but Sunday mornings, hey, brother, I'm, I love Jesus. Is that you? Why? Why? Why are you living like that? 
we must turn from our wicked ways. Turn from our wicked ways and live so that others would be able to believe us when we call. We, ought to, we need to be on guard. The watchman is ready no matter the time the enemy comes. Like Brother Josh said, are, are you sleeping on the job? Are you, are you asleep? Up on that tower. Yeah, you're on the tower. You're here tonight, right? You're here at church. You're, you're looking like a watchman. Are you sleeping? I mean, maybe you're actually sleeping like Alexis over there. No, he's awake. Don't worry. Uh, all right? We're not. But maybe you're actually sleeping tonight, and you've got to wake up. Wake up, Ben. Just kidding, buddy. All right? Uh, now, maybe, maybe you're sleeping on the job, and you're not being a faithful watchman like God's commanded you to be. Will you be the watchman? Will you faithfully stand up and warn those around you of the danger that's coming, the danger of hell, the danger of not obeying God's word? Will you warn them? Will you share God's warning? Will you share the way that they can escape? Don't just tell them they're living wrong and then not give them any hope. Tell them how they can escape. Only through Jesus. Will you live like a watchman? Will you stay vigilant? Will you live your life in a way where other people know you're a Christian? Not mean, not rude, but kind. Faithful to Christ. Loving people. God has commanded we watch. Will you be the watchman? Pastor.